are you up for a super fun podcast this one our long conversation with architect Josef Arangwala from Muse Lab will inspire every designer out there the conversation began with his love story with Muse Lab and ended with lots of laughs and advice for young aspirants for me this podcast was memorable because we invented a new word let me know if you find it out Welcome to Art Saga Dialogue and thank you for taking out time for this interview. Thank you for having me over. Yeah, and also the journey of Muse Lab is very inspiring for us uh, and we would like to know more about it today in this interview. So, starting with our first segment in this interview, which is PSD, Philosophy, Story and Design. So, the first question to you is, how did the idea of Muse Lab started and how would you define your design philosophy? Okay, so it's it's going to be a very long, boring story. <laughs> uh, uh, so, and I, we kind of met in the US. We were both studying, we were doing a master's over there. And um, after that, uh, you know, so I was in Atlanta, he was in Savannah. It was like one of those uh, uh, love stories, so to speak, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so he was studying in Savannah and one of those weekends I went over there for uh, basically like a long weekend with a couple of my friends. Uh, that's where I got to meet him and uh, you know, uh, we made a whole bunch of new friends. But I think what was interesting was that we connected uh, not just over uh, stupid humor and food, but we also connected over design. I think we both kind of resonated with each other's, uh, you know, um, uh, I would say uh, vibe for good design. and. At every point while we were in the US also, we were having conversations about what we could do or, you know, like eventually I think there was this one very cool backpacking trip that we did to Mexico. And uh, that's when we said, okay, yaar, agar design mein kuch karna hai, saath mein and we'll start something on our own together. So I came back, I worked with Hafiz contractor for three years. I was an associate with him. Jason came back in around 2010 and he worked with Pinakin Patel for a year. And then around 2011, December is when we said that, okay, I think, you know, it's time to now finally start something on our own. So that's when, um, you know, we said, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's start our own office. Let's start our own studio. So we left everything that we had, uh, you know, sort of created over so many years or basically in terms of the experience, etc. And then you're like, okay, this is, uh, you know, now going to be something uh, that is going to be unique to only the two of us. And everything that we've learned from our past practices has to sort of you know in some way germinate over here so when we started news lab uh, a you know both jasim and i we are first generation architects so no one in our family is from the design or construction industry so you not only have to be good at design but you also have to be a good businessman because at the end of the day that's what a successful practice is about it's not just being a successful designer you need to understand business luckily our families are business families so maybe thoda bahut wo gene aa gaya tha uh, but uh, I think um, to start off with, you know, we were working from Jason's dad's conference room. So that was like our office, you know, he was very kind enough to lend us that space. Uh, so Pele almost like for a year or something like that, we were just working out from that office. Uh, and uh, I think um, when we started out, we were like, okay, what do we name our practice? You know, that was like the big question mark. Uh, because at the end of the day, the practice has to sound cool. But it also has to speak of, you know, who we are as people. Um, so we, we ideated, we were like, okay, you know, what do we do? And then we kind of, you know, came up with Muse Lab and there was just a story to it. So Muse 
by itself uh, you know it if you use it as uh, you know uh, a verb it means to muse or to think right so it always means to ideate to think or whatever it is but also when you talk about muse uh, as uh, you know sort of um, an adjective it it kind of it it is um, uh, an inspiration right like i mean everyone has a muse you know so for us our clients are our muse they are our inspiration the project brief is our muse that's that's what our inspiration is so we kind of took to muse very very like immediately but then okay what goes with it so we didn't want to get into the whole studio atelier kind of a space so like, okay what else you know so then we thought okay let's let's call it kitchen muse kitchen because kitchen is where you sort of cook you make mistakes you know you kind of uh, i mean it's it's fun at the end you know you prepare food which is like good but then like okay maybe you know kitchen might be a little bit too this for the indian uh, this they like okay theek okay, hai let's look at lab because a lab is also where you research you develop you ideate you know there are fireworks uh, there's so much of things to explore and experiment with and then finally you come up with something that you work for years and years so you're like boom that's it you know it's muse and lab muse lab and 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 that's how muse lab sort of started as a as an idea but also i think what was very important is that even though both of us are architects uh as far as our um, education is concerned we were never married to you know like just architecture we were very clear that this has to be a design studio you know that we are designers at the end of the day we are problem solvers so our entire philosophy has over a period of 10 years also evolved you know we we don't like if you see our projects also you know that there will be like a muse lab aesthetic but we probably tried everything you know we have we have tried everything from maximalism to minimalism to uh, you know like uh, art deco to art nouveau uh, to you know like maybe like portuguese vernacular to go in portuguese uh, so i mean the idea is that when you have a unique client and when you have a unique design aesthetic as a designer it allows you to respond to the brief but also to the design in a very different way so you're not stagnating you know and that's how then the portfolio becomes very varied so there is obviously a, a positive and a negative to that because then you know it took us a while to build a portfolio with a variety of works you know because then a client would come and say are lekin you know like you have not done something like that would you be able to still do something like this for us right we see so much color in your house and you know like uh, in the homes that you've done uh, but would you be able to do something which is very very clean and simple and minimalism but now over 10 years we're like okay you know this is it we've done everything so you 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 know you can achieve and it's not just about interiors or architecture it's also about you know us having started uh, you know muse mart which was in 2015 so muse lab started in 2012 and then we started muse mart which was like our product design line and that's where we've designed like posters and hangers for kids we designed wall art we've designed like hooks uh, you know which uh, basically resemble architectural buildings uh, uh, you know we've designed like uh, wall lights so the light that's behind me yes, the book yes. light as uh, we've designed a furniture collection uh, we've designed rugs wash basins uh, so you know and but we're also doing a 70 acre master plan you know we are doing like a resort uh, you know master plan so i think it's it's really important it was very important for both jasmine and myself that when we start our practice you know and also to ensure that we stay sane and creative throughout the time 
we should not say no to design you know so which is why we also like designed a public toilet prototype like during the pandemic we designed uh, a hand cart you know which which won us a, a global design competition uh, you know we designed uh, a, a a prototype for an algal microforest uh, which is a very interesting project uh, installations so yeah i think i uh, if i would say in just a couple of words as designers we we don't we do have principles you know we do abide by principles we do have a very set process in terms of how we work but when it comes to a philosophy i don't think you know we are married to a certain philosophy or a certain style you know and that's something that uh, uh you know we we never wanted to sort of you know be a part of or sort of uh, have that within our our practice luckily we've still been able to you know manage uh Uh, our projects in such a way that people do recognize that as a news lab project so i think in some way it's like a pattern of back for us kind of achieve something <laughs> so yes uh, like uh, i always like the name news lab and now i knew and know the story uh, behind this so like this is a, a great insight for me also and also you mentioned about food so i think food brings uh, people together so that's so very absolutely. nice absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Coming back to my second question, what has been your inspiration for architecture? Uh, so, very honestly, uh, so Jasim, if I have to talk about him, he was always creatively inclined, and he was very clear right from his schooling days, uh, at least from what I know, that uh, you know uh, he wanted to get into design or architecture. So he was very focused in that sense. For me, I wanted to be a chemical. and uh, architecture happened by chance so uh, both my parents are very creatively inclined my dad's a photographer my mom's a designer uh, you know so maybe some of that trickled into me and uh, just after my 12th you know like i got admission in computer science but it was in a school very far from where i was i was like no i don't want to travel so much and then one of my mom's friends uh, daughter was studying architecture and she was like okay you know uh, there is a, a test that you'll have to give etc etc and i'm like okay i gave my entrance exam and i'm like okay this is fun there's drawing blah 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 you know and maybe i have to design a couple of things and that's how i ended up getting into architecture so it was like absolutely by fluke and something that no one should look up to because i was the most confused and messed up person so, so that was the same story for me as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's interesting that's interesting i mean for me also so my entrance exam was in 1997 Okay, that's when I I uh, I finished my twelfth and I gave my entrance exam for architecture. At that time, also what happened was that uh, most of the other colleges, the degree colleges, were all sort of you know all the entrance exams were over, and the only college that had its entrance exam was Rajna Sansad Academy of Architecture. So I only had that one option. I was like, either do this or then you know you go travel like an hour to your computer science college. I'm like, okay, let's just do this. Let's nail it. Luckily, I had a good score in my PCM, uh, you know, and uh, I think I was able to just crack that, and then I got into it. So yeah, and I think the same thing. I think for me, once I put my head into something, I'm sort of very, very focused, and uh, I think that's how I kind of, you know, went through the five years. So moving um, on, uh, your architectural yeah. experience as a student and as a practicing architect. So uh, basically, if I have to talk about my years as a student, uh, 
I think I definitely the one thing that I I learned a lot. I loved my faculty. I mean, they were really great. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, at the Academy of Architecture, especially my my faculties in the second year and actually in the first year as well. Uh, so, uh, Sameer Padora taught me. You know, I mean, he was a graduate from our college. He taught me. So I was very, very, very happy that you know he was one of my first mentors. And uh, even in the second year, you know, we had uh, brilliant teachers, uh, Mr. Venkatesh Rao. uh you know uh, uh sapna dhanawala they were like really really good teachers uh and i think that they really helped hone a certain uh i would say approach to design see at the end it's your own doing right i mean design is such an innate thing you can't like have someone teach you design you can help someone guide you in terms of these are the various processes but that is something that has to come from within i think no one can hold your hand and tell you ke do this or do that so I think that mentorship was great, and then of course, you know, as you went to the third, fourth, fifth year, uh, you know, I mean, of course, it got into more technical uh, side of design. But I think the one, th- the the biggest mistake that I made at that point in time was that I did not step out into the real world. I didn't go to a site and work with a carpenter, or I didn't try to like paint a wall and say that the chap paint ऐसे होता है, you know. I didn't like go for internships. So I was very academically driven. but my biggest biggest mistake and this is what i tell every student or every young architect that you know please please get practical experience because that really sort of i feel like that was my 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 biggest mistake and i think i didn't have at that point in time there weren't many people who would guide you you know or you sort of tell you that okay this is what you also need to do you know uh and maybe that sort of an uh, education or that sort of a, a guidance that also needs to come from colleges now is happening you know a lot of colleges are now inculcating uh, internships etc and uh, i think that's really really good uh, but you know start like from the first year itself i feel like you know if you are really really focused about being a good designer a good architect get that practical experience so that was undergrad and then i worked for two years after i graduated i went for masters and i think that masters uh, from 2004 to 2005 i was just in a one year post professional masters course at georgia tech that changed my perception about education completely uh i loved it i enjoyed it it was the most intense one year of my life where i probably would like sleep like maybe 3 or 4 hours every day just because there was so much energy you know and there was so much of good stuff to do and uh, at that point in time like my masters program also the the, the program that i did was uh, in the design of digital manufacturing so back in 2004 or maybe earlier you know during the times of uh, people like uh, greg lin and all these guys who were doing a lot of digital design but then zaha came in you know and then you know like all these other sort of uh, guys came in with digital manufacturing where everything that was computer generated was actually now being computer manufactured so there was a lot of cad being converted into cam right and i think for me that was like a huge huge shift mentally also that you know this is what you can do like i mean at that point in time 3d printing was a big deal right i mean uh, to use cnc milling machines was a big deal to go through post forming and to learn all those techniques was a big deal so it it was a big shift and not just in terms of the tools that were available to us for doing good design but also in terms of uh, the approach to education like when i went there uh, you know obviously our faculty were there never ever ever pointed out bad things in our design so even if there were 10 things that we had to talk about and eight of those 10 things were bad 
they only focused on the two good things and they built on that and that was such an amazing high because that never happened in india in india it was always like why have done this why have done it blah blah, blah blah you know it was always like you know blah, 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 blah. i mean that you were like oh my god what have i done you have a computer to try or something right and and it would go to that point because i mean that's how education is here right it's it's very different but there they would build on those two things and those two things actually by the end of the semester would manifest into something so interesting and you yourself would be amazed that okay this is what i started with and this is how design evolves so i think that was really really i would say uplifting and it was really exciting you know to be a part of design uh, or education you know and uh, that also changed me so i mean of course when i came back i did sort of teach for a year but then i realized that my god teaching is such a big responsibility you know like it has to be a full time thing you can't like work you know and i was work, i was i was working under her fees contract at that time i was doing a job you know so i was like i don't think i can balance it's a very big thing you know you have to be there mentally for the entire week and you're responsible for those 8 or 12 students so that i i, I quit teaching actually <laughs> but yeah that's my sort of you know thing with education and uh, i would also just very quickly brief uh, you know about what inspires us in architecture and that's something that i did not answer uh, i think uh, for both jasmine and me and i think for muslab as a practice you know uh, we take a lot of inspiration from everything around us as cliche as it may sound i mean it could be everyday objects it could be like you know like i said the site materials uh, our clients you know how excited our clients are to build their home that itself inspires us you know to do something good and to create an exciting design uh so that's what we sort of take our inspiration from we take a lot of inspiration from the people who work with us so i think uh, both jasmine and i we love learning you know and we've learned so much from everyone who's worked at muse lab you know i mean they bring so much to the table so they inspire us our our peers you know i mean everyone who we know socially through instagram or everyone that we've met uh, you know and and i think that's really good about uh the architecture community nowadays that no one is fighting with each other or no one is you know like uh insecure i mean i think everyone is very secure about what they are doing so we are like an open book you know to everyone so when we talk to people when we talk to our peers or friends i mean they inspire us on what they are achieving their practices uh you know as people uh but i guess uh, you know like uh in terms of architects themselves uh like i mean one of my biggest inspirations back in college was zahadi uh, you will see a lot of inputs of her work in my portfolio <laughs> something that i feel like i've just lifted and put you know that kind of stuff also but uh, i mean you know that's what that was what great that was great is yes yeah you know i mean uh, so you sometimes would just lift and i've done copy things uh, uh, and and i'm ashamed about it but i'm talking to you about it also so so we've done that and uh, but she was i think what was amazing about her was that a she was a woman uh, you know and there's always this myth about oh a woman in architecture but at the end she was also an architect she went through five years just like a man but when she came and she broke those myths you know and she just sort of paved the way for so many other uh, women in architecture and i think that she was one of those people who actually made architecture a general gender neutral profession that okay both men and women are the same level you can't say that this is a lady architect i mean she is an architect it's just that she is a she you know 
so i i love her i loved her audacity i loved the stubbornness i loved of course design was one thing but just as a person you know and she really inspired me and then once you know when i went to the us i mean of course you know the works of poop uh, himal blau um you know the works of um, you know um, i would say steven paul uh, kabuzio was always like my big guy my go to guy you know um and uh, and these days also i mean you know as far as uh, our peers are concerned like i love sami padora's work i love the work of siri uh, uh, you know uh, there are many designers these days i mean that i that i really look up to like some of the young practices also studio uso uh you know uh, act of god i mean young practices but so much energy so much to learn from them you know so so i think uh, it's it's a very very healthy time for design i think today if as an architect or as a designer if i say that i only get inspired by one thing i'm limiting myself i am just becoming this person who is not open to ideas if i if i say that i only should take inspiration from the gods of architecture no that's wrong i mean there are young people doing amazing work i can i mean take inspiration from a damn iphone for all i care you know but i feel like you should just be open to being inspired and design will just unfold yes as as designers like every day we work on something new which is also an inspiration like uh, to talk about So moving on to a segment 2 which is knowing the process and we will learn about your processes so uh, we will discuss like uh, do you want to discuss about the flow project which is close to your heart uh so yeah so uh, the project which is closest to our heart and i would say you know for both jasmine and me is uh, an installation that we created for rock collaborative where we worked with the chanapatna artisans and i say this because it's this project has nothing to do with architecture or interior design or furniture design it's very very unique because it actually allows one to understand what he or she can do as a designer it's all about good design it's all about what how design can impact people around us right so uh what happened was that in the middle of the lockdown we didn't have any work we decided to collaborate with a lot of people and uh, you know rock collaborative came in now we've been going to rock collaborative for the past 2 years we love the energy we love the vibe we love what they're doing uh, you know and the brief this year was everything to do with the crafts right so uh, we said okay this year we don't want to do a furniture collection let's instead create an installation and the idea was to then collaborate with some artisans to create an installation so what we did was that we we kind of uh, you know figure out we, th- we did our research you know i mean there are artisans across the country but because of the lockdown we had to figure out a way to communicate with them also because yeah. we couldn't down to bangalore or you know to chanapata itself and that's when we said that okay they were the most accessible and they also were the hardest hit so let's try let's work with them so the whole installation started with the idea of you know where it's going to be so if you look at raw collaborative and the the venue until last year it was at the millowners association and uh, the brief was to create an installation anywhere in the millowners association but we could not sort of you know like nail uh, or you know like take like any or drill in the building itself i mean any support for the installation had to be mounted on it so what happened was that we then sort of uh, figured out that, okay what is the best place Now, if you're aware of it, Millowners Association, the approach has a ramp, but right on the right to the right of the ramp, there is a staircase that goes that connects the three floors from the lower level to the second floor, and the staircase is actually a central support which kind of you know can the waste slab is kind of connected to that, so the waste slab cantilevers, and 
a very beautiful void that is formed between the handrail of the first sort of celebrate the void of the staircase you know let's celebrate the void of kabuzier's staircase and let's fill it with these beautiful colorful toys you know because obviously we had to make an installation that kabuzier should also be proud of you know that that sort of is it has to be contextual you know so obviously when we started the process there was a lot of back and forth because the idea was to create nine modular toys so these toys that we created are actually shape shifting toys you know you can sort of assemble them reassemble them or re redesign them you know you, you they can sort of uh, inter interchange also and very importantly they were supposed to be gender neutral toys we wanted to communicate you know we wanted to sort of express those ideas also because there is a lot of crap going on in the country right now i don't want to get into that but you know we wanted to make sure that they are gender neutral toys that they are toys which are not defined by color or by race or by sex by caste you know nothing of that so they have to be toys that one can explore they have to be inclusive that was very very important so when we designed this stripe you would see that okay the top is almost feeling like it's a man but the bottom is like more like a woman you know i mean it's 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 like that so there was a lot of thought given to the the shape of the toys the modularity of the toys but at the same time we had to understand the limitations of the the artisans because they have also they also using certain tools right and we had to understand that also so that process from 2 3 months uh insulation you know was like very important like i said because we had to figure out how these are being installed without affecting the building itself and i think i think that whole process of making of working with the artisans uplifting them and then making a very very successful beautiful contextual insulation that pays homage to the staircase of the milonas association you know was a very very important thing and and basically we checked both those boxes and you know we're like wow that's awesome you know that's great you know when you went when you go there and you kind of walk through the staircase and you got this really amazing light coming in and those beautiful shadows of the toys being cast on the floor you know there's a slight sway of that curtain because the air you know passing through it was just a very very surreal feeling that yaar this is what we were building on the computer screen and now it's kind of translated to this really sexy installation so we were on a high you know and then we were like but the most important thing for us was that when we designed this insulation we done insulation in the past we also realized that you know once the insulation is done you know everyone applauds you everyone does everything then these insulations go to a landfill they literally we are like adding to the garbage that is already there right so we were very very clear that when we are doing this insulation the idea is that after it gets disassembled this insulation will continue to have an afterlife so what we did was that all those toys we worked with teach for india and we donated those toys to underprivileged children in ahmedabad and i think i get i get goosebumps when i talk about it it's like it's it's because it's so good right like finally after like being an architect or being a designer for like 18 years i feel like i finally did something good right and i think and when i say i i speak on behalf of jasmine and myself and news lab you know that okay finally we did something you know where it was not just show shy it's not just like you know like big budget projects and brands and this and that it actually was like a toy that was held by a child who is actually you know like appreciating it right 
and and that was the most 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 amazing and most satisfying project that we have ever worked on i mean everything else is there for our, on our instagram and on our website you know you can look at it i don't even want to talk about it because i mean yes there is process I, you know every project is very close to our heart but i think that this project is where we realize that we finally did something good you know and i cannot thank raw collaborative you know it's like an appreciation speech also right now you know because it's very difficult to a trust right are you going to actually create something so they like they they trusted us with this you know uh, luckily you know we delivered had a great team of people working on this and um, i think that's going to be like on top of our project this for 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 the lifetime of news lab i so, think yeah That's it, yeah. Putting putting smile on someone's face is always special for us. And way you ex- explained all about it, I can understand that how close this project is to your heart. So moving on, can you tell us what defines a good design? I think a good design first has to be very very practical. See, the the thing is that you know design is not about aesthetics. Design is not about how pretty it is or how beautiful it is. design is all about practicality because design is about problem solving you know i mean today whether you are a fashion designer whether you are a product designer whether you are an industrial designer whether you are designing cars planes or whether you are designing softwares what are you trying to do you are trying to solve problems and if you are solving the problem right it means that it is a practical solution and that the design itself is practical so i think good design has to be practical everything else is a layer that you are adding to it of course uh, you know when you talk about sustainability right when you talk about using the right materials when you talk about you know of course making it fun and you know like uh, uh, i think adding to the vibe of the space this is all there but I, for me i think the most important is has to be practical and that's what defines good design uh, you know you you can you can design the most beautiful chair but i mean if it is just not working for that person it's not working then that means that you know you have to it's not good design so i feel for 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 us it's it's very important that it has to be practical of course sometimes that uh, for lack of a better word the creative kida takes over and then you know there's like a little bit that you do there you know to satisfy your your creative ego but i i think in general it has to be like yeah i'm repeating myself this is the sixth time i've said it but it has to be practical i've also seen those perforated panels at muse labs office So, can you tell us how you came up with that idea? So, uh, when we moved from Jasim's dad's uh, conference cabin, you know, and we were like, okay, now it's time to have our own office because we appointed two more people, and we were literally four of us sitting on on that conference table looking at each other. <laughs> we would clients over there. We would have our food over there. Everything is happening over there. We're like, okay, it's time to move into a new office. So, when we moved into space, uh, it was very. It was just. 226 square feet so 14 by 14 space on the lower level and then we had a loft uh so we designed a space for around 8 people and that's where we've been working from for the past uh uh i think for the past 7 years i am right now sitting in our new office space and this is the first interview that i'm conducting you know in our new office space so lucky <laughs> but uh, uh yeah so uh the idea of the screen was very simple basically we were on the ground floor and uh, <clears throat> you know we were the third uh, sort of gala or unit you know as soon as you entered our industrial estate so really it was a really nice nice building 
and uh, you know everyone had to sort of stick to a t profile because that was the regulations but you could have like a jali or a screen which is your protective sort of thing so then we sort of said it okay you know if you are creating identity it has to be something fun now the obvious thing was that we should have a big window let light come in you know like you wanted but we also realized that because we were the third unit from the entrance everyone would peek inside the office you know and we were very clear that we didn't want that to happen so uh, i think uh, for us the screen became an identity for museland so everyone then recognized us for that screen and the screen also had three types of perforations so one perforation was a see through the other was a hinge perforation and the third was a pivoted perforation and that is what created this really sort of a beautiful parametric skin uh, you know and i think sometimes what you what what happens is that you know you design something of course thinking about the outside that this is how it's going to look and thinking about the inside that it's going to give you that sort of privacy but then we realized that every time a car would move right and the reflection of the sun and it would create this brilliant magic inside the office which we never imagined so sometimes design leads to such happy surprises and if we were happy that we had it in our own office that we got out within our office and i think that that was a very big high for us uh, you know because we were very scared that okay itna chota area you know how will we work but i think a, a very close friend of ours actually made us realize that you know guys how do you all create so many things that work on such large projects from only 226 square feet of real estate you know and uh, i think that's when we realized that you know yeah we've done something very good for ourselves and then we were also like oh, now we need to move into a bigger office <laughs> so so that that's how we are here now in a much nicer space a bigger space lots of light windows uh, we are on the second floor but yeah to talk about the screen and and, and i think it was it was very well appreciated critically also won a lot of awards uh, you know uh, was highly highly published uh, both nationally and internationally uh, so yeah we were very happy with what we we created over there so uh, moving on to the last question segment you mentioned about muse mart so and you also mentioned about the lamp that is on the wall which is i think made of of rattan cane mesh so can you tell about the more materials we're exploring in muse mart sure <clears throat> so when we started muse mart see the thing is that when you're de- designing a product you know it it takes forever and the most important thing is not just understanding the ergonomics because when things are at a smaller scale it requires a lot more detail and a lot more research you know i mean uh, we don't realize that but designing a building sometimes become easier than designing just a poster we spend one year prototyping posters so because when we started muse mart we were exploring birch ply as a material and all our products were with birch ply and i think the beauty about birch ply is that it is plywood it's got a very 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 clean sort of a surface you know and once it's polished but also the the sides the grains you know i mean the the whole process of laminating the wood itself is gives you this really really beautiful edge and i think that that just became our go to material uh, you know to create <coughs> products for muse mart back then this i'm talking about in 2015 to 2017 and that's when we sort of designed uh, uh, like i said earlier coasters hangers for kids uh, we designed uh, a wine rack a modular wine rack we also designed uh, 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 you know wall art for kids which is a, so they were very very interesting products you know we designed around nine products tangrams um 
and uh, what we what we realized was that you know to to design a product understanding material like i said earlier is very very important understanding the limitations of the material is very important understanding what you can do to the material you know in terms of whether it can be molded bent post formed you know milled etc etc uh so these were like uh, you know uh, certain things that we really enjoyed with birch ply that was actually the first material that we tried then we tried with concrete we tried with you know like metal uh we did like 3d printing uh uh you know our our furniture collection uh was actually uh an exploration of a lot of joinery details uh, but also a lot of color you know and uh, uh i think they were all all 16 pieces were very very unique statement pieces uh and yeah and then this also the light that you see behind us uh, we're calling it the reading light so it's like when you read a book but it's spelled as r e e d i n g because it's a read you know that's like a, a, a sort of a scene uh so that's like a play on words uh so yeah so uh, uh i think uh, you know uh material exploration has always been one of our forte because that allows us to you know play with colors patterns etc um so yeah i think i think that that's where, that's 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 where we are at with these bot i think i would like to see more uh, uh like products uh, of rattan cane which personally i love rattan cane and uh, right. it inspires me a lot like i go and see photographs everywhere and i love rattan cane i i hope i will explore someday no, absolutely and i think i think that uh, you know these days see the thing is like i said we are a design studio you know and like i said we do everything in design so uh, that's why our product lines are also not like continuous you know they do come with breaks because obviously uh, we also want to sort of focus on other things that we are doing but if you love ratan i mean you should definitely follow vikas story mm-hmm. she's like our person priyanka narula uh, she's an exceptionally intelligent uh, designer and uh, you know uh, her her wicker products are fantastic we are collaborating with her on a lot of projects so you should explore that yeah great great definitely definitely i <coughs> and moving on to our next and last segment advice to the aspirants so first question is starting your own firm how challenging was that and uh, some tips of uh, running a firm successfully uh i don't know if you are successful yet i mean there are many many more successful practices Uh, i think we just have uh, a little reach and maybe instagram shows that we are very successful but you no know, we have a long way to go i think we probably just like started climbing that first rung of the ladder of success and maybe there are like 200 more rungs uh so uh, uh i think it's very important to not let success get to you uh you know because then you feel like you have arrived and uh you know as an architect or as a designer you already graduated with a very big fat ego you think that your design is the best and the minute yeah wohi hota hai na matlab ke bhai sahab mera design best hai no one can beat me i am zahadid i am you know steven hall so i think what's it's really important you can't allow success to hit you never you know even if you done the most amazing project sorry but you know you can do something better i think that's that's what uh, allows you to strive for success and to strive for being better uh, than yourself not others i think never never compare yourself to others i think the other big problem right now is that there's a lot of you know we we we, we are really sort of uh, relying on instagram to compare ourselves with each other yeah. that is the worst thing you know i mean 
i might take the most amazing picture but if you come to that place you know like it might be the most horrible finish you know so i feel like don't let instagram also get to you you know don't don't let uh, don't compare yourselves with others forget instagram that's just a platform i love instagram i love that platform but i feel like it's very very important to not you know let yourself be affected by what someone else is doing i think the minute you start doing what you love and you know you keep doing that regularly you will definitely sort of you know like be successful uh, because when we started out also very honestly after having worked with such big practices you know working on master planning projects and you know like high rise towers and jasim worked only on airports when he was in new york you know and then you come and you start your own practice and your first project is a two bedroom apartment right and wo bhi uska interiors karna you it's not even like you're doing architecture or whatever right and and we are like dude like you know we were coming from these backgrounds and these projects and now this is what we are doing and that's the only thing we did in the first year of news lab we just built one two bedroom project you know and we never knew sort of how to market ourselves or how to promote ourselves or how to talk about ourselves you know we were like very cocooned in that sense and i think it was only after we got an email from home review at that time the, the magazine does not exist anymore i think they they're more online in 2015 we got an email that uh, you know we would like to feature your work and you were like oh god like okay someone has reached out to us and that we were like yeah you know what i think like okay one person liked us it means that we can now reach out to other people so basically when that magazine came to we realized okay you know what it's important to market yourselves also okay when the first client did not pay us we realized that you know what we need to have a very strong contract in place you know we need to have a legal advisor we need to have an accountant you know that if we have to run a business we need to have all these things in place when we made the first mistake on site we realized that okay our contractor terms and conditions with us and with the client has to be very very much in place so i think success is obviously also defined by the mistakes that you make and we made so many and that's how we so we did not cry over our mistakes you know we sort of took that in our stride and again this is very cliche it's for every industry not just for architecture design i think you, if you if you make a mistake figure out what happened what went wrong and then take help from someone who can actually help you resolve that rather than being the person that i know everything because i'm an architect i'm sorry i know jack shit i don't know anything i think it's very important to also accept that you know you are dumb you know like when i say you i mean i am dumb i don't know everything and i need help from the right kind of people the right set of people to be able to make myself successful you know so success is never a one person thing it's it's a village it takes a village to be successful it takes an entire team to be successful uh, so if you are ever running a practice the most important thing is to be kind and respectful to your team don't treat your team as employers they are also architects they've also gone through five years of design they are human beings they are not like you know like someone who you just can say that okay you do this do that i mean they have an opinion that needs to be heard and respected you know because at the end they will also go and sort of you know inculcate the same principles when they start their own studios right or when they do that and that's great at the end of the day so i think being successful is a lot of things i think it's about being humble it's about not comparing yourself to people it's about not letting it hit you it's about working with your team it's about just being nice people nice human beings it's about being mentors more than bosses 
you know i think there's a big big difference over there and we always believe in mentoring people and not not having having this whole boss employee kind of a culture we work on first name basis there is no sir madam over here you know i mean because i feel like it just it just develops a certain comfort you know of course there are lines and there are rules you know because that's the only way you can grow uh, you know but i think these these are very very important and i think you know this is more from a business side of you know the entire thing like like i said you know having you know your 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 documents everything in place and i think everyone who's listening to this please go and watch sara shams instagram and her videos and i think that that woman learn from her you know so she is like my mentor also and she is like an amazing friend but i think you don't after college the first thing that you need to do is watch all of sara shams instagram yes. they are like very insightful ig teachers you'll you'll learn a lot you know you'll learn everything i mean she's an open book and she helps everyone you know in in a very very big way so i think i think that, that that's what you know that that is what is required but if you have to talk about it from a design point of view i think don't get harrowed by you know uh making a mistake because there are many times when you look at you know your projects in the past and i talk about ourselves also you realize that i could have done this better i could have done that better but that's the thing at the end you cannot keep designing 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 you have to build you're no more in college just like you're a submission in college even over here there's a client waiting to take the keys from you and start living in that space so i think it's it's really important that you know when you are in a design studio it takes time to figure out what your aesthetics are it takes time to figure out you know what uh, what what is that language that defines views lab it takes time to figure out you know what basically your sort of uh, i would say your guiding principles are you know so i think let it evolve like don't be like okay i have started my practice today tomorrow itself i'll decide that i only want to do this and then i will not do anything else no that's not how it it has to evolve and i think you'll learn so uh, it's fun yeah i mean i think at the end uh, if you are excited every day and if you are like enthusiastic every day you know there will be lows and highs you know i'm not always as cheerful and bubbly like how i am right now you know there are certain moments that stress me out but i think i i i think i i love to impart you know my experiences i love to talk about it and i love to sort of you know and it it's really fun because i know that uh, when uh, you know a couple of our uh, 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 babies you know sort of flew out and started their own practices and now they're doing so well you know it, it it feels very good you know and they are kind of also endorsing the same principles and the same practices that we had over here you know in terms of running a studio or whatever it is i mean they have their own aesthetic their own language but that's great to see that happen and also uh, i i feel you know when you are in a partnership like for me and jason boat i think the most important thing is to respect each other's opinion to to sort of understand who who what are the strengths of each others you know you know uh because it's very easy for ego to come in between and i mean the first time when we decided to work together also our parents were like oh my god you guys are best friends it's the worst thing to do how can you start working with your best friend you know this happens and that happens that you know we see friendships fall apart you know and then the business falls apart but touchwood you know i mean we have been together for like 10 years and we're only growing of course we have our our sort of you know uh, uh sort of i would say i won't call them arguments i would say we have our opinions which maybe we don't immediately agree to 
but then we sleep over it we come back and actually we understand why jasel said this or why huzafa said this at the end it is in the collective interest of news lab yes. right that's really important for a practice for a for a partnership practice to sort of realize that every decision that is made is only in the larger interest of this entity so yeah so that that way i mean we be very successful i mean we are, you know like this is our 10th year you know we just finished 10 years as news lab uh, you know in january so uh, just very excited for the next decade now so so you mentioned about instagram and we are in the instagram age right now and <laughs> i think we should use that medium for inspiration rather than being like isne bahut acha kaam kiya mujhe kuch nahi aata hai so i think right. we like get inspired from it and work towards it so absolutely speaking of inspiration young architects are always looking for inspiration and motivation so <clears throat> how you keep yourself motivated every day uh for me when i when i step into the office uh i know that i need to be motivated because there are 16 people in the office you know that that look up to us in some way you know whether it's for solutions whether it's for advice in terms of design or whatever it is right uh so i think that the the the, the fact that i need to motivate someone also keeps me motivated that's really important um <clears throat> and and uh, uh you know also of course you know there's there's this whole sort of thing that we do have like projects that we need to deliver you know there are like timelines that we need to meet uh you know and i think that uh, in some way you know that is like that it's it's like a it's like a clock right it it sort of constantly uh, in some way or the other uh you know is ticking and i think that when that is also that's like a dagger on your head right i mean that you need to sort of deliver so when you when you have to deliver something automatically you need to know that there is nothing that is more sort of self motivating than you know these these sort of uh, uh uh deadlines or you know uh, submissions or 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 projects that you are already working on so i think uh, uh i i think i i seek motivation you know i or i seek motivation for myself it's up in the, in terms of inspiration uh, i think the first thing is obviously uh, you know i think jasmine and i so okay sorry so i'll come i'll go back to motivation uh jasmine and i also be motivate each other a lot right because we literally sit next to each other uh i think the good thing about having a partner is that uh, you know when one person is feeling a little low you know the other person is there to kind of balance it out and i i i still i don't know how people who handle offices themselves who are like proprietors they manage it uh, because i personally feel like i would not have survived this industry had it not been for jason or had it not been for you know us working together and i think he also seconds that you know it with works it's for both of us so yeah we definitely get motivated by each other also now when it comes to inspiration uh, i think for me the most important thing is that you know i i see inspiration uh, you know uh, like so so for example i i do i do go to instagram for inspiration i'll be very honest and i think uh, and i think uh, i i read this really really interesting thing you know that what is the difference between being inspired and being copy, you know, and copying something you know i mean today if i'm designing a chair you know i mean a chair has been like for hundreds and hundreds of years you know but i am not if i design a chair it's not like i'm copying a chair i'm getting inspired from the ergonomics of you know what a chair is like and what a chair is supposed to function and that, then i'm making it my own using my own details so that is also in some way inspiration but i feel like in some way you know blatantly copying something is like a big no no but taking inspiration 
you know is like amazing because i think uh today like rafa nadal inspires me for who he is as a person okay i i enjoy tennis i love tennis i take inspiration from him but that does not mean that i design tennis courts or designing tennis rackets you know i think it's more about so when you when you take inspiration from instagram also i mean i love going through posts on upworthy because they're so uplifting you know they're so positive so i think that you know i mean these uh when the idea when i what i said earlier also is that it's important to seek inspiration from people around you it's important to seek inspiration from let's say your everyday objects from your peers uh i think and uh, that's what sort of you know sort of keeps you going so um to sum it up yeah i i guess that that's how it is also you know when we are doing our product lines or furniture lines or even our projects i think uh, very very clear that uh you know there is a certain process that we start off it uh you know uh like i'll be very honest we are working on a project right now where i have taken inspiration from shroff leon you know kazad and maria shroff i mean the very good friends and Uh, I keep looking at this one project of theirs that that goes by the name Biradon, and I am like, my God, guys, you guys have made such an amazing project. It's like a home, such clean life, and I'm like, okay, I'm really inspired by this, and I am doing something which is not that obviously, you know, I'll get killed by them first and then by everyone else, but it's so be able to create something which is so pure and pristine, but yet making such a strong statement. and that was my inspiration that how can i create something so pure and pristine but that will also make a strong statement so you know it's okay to take inspiration from your friends your peers from from designers around the world but just don't copy you know be inspired by it you know and then take it to the next level